Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Before I begin, it is time to thank our friends that support the show. First of all, Gooder Sunglasses, you guys. Have you checked out the lineup at Gooder.com? Have you seen the movie Caddyshack? They actually have themed glasses from the film as well as dozens of others. All fun, non-slip, all polarized, all 35 bucks or under. Check them out today. No, really. Do it. Gooder.com. Also, hey, everybody. New sponsor time. I think I keep forgetting to mention them, even though they've technically been on board for about a month or so. Um, Ambassador Cycling, you guys, if you heard about the shows and if you heard from the man on the shows, Bike Fit Sam, you know that the guy knows his stuff. If you want to get the best out of your riding at any level, you need to know uh, you need to know the importance of proper fit. I can't even read my own copy that I typed. <laughs> sure, you can get a standover idea at your local bike shop, but trust me, it is not enough. It will change your enjoyment, your speed, your comfort, and your performance. Get over to ambassadorcycling.com and drop Sam a note. Set up a time to get fit, and you will likely put Sam into your will for all the life-changing <laughs> monuments and moments you have had after riding a properly fit bicycle. AmbassadorCycling.com. If you are a Club Pack Filler member, guess what? You get 50% off a bike Ooh. fit. I shit you wow. not. That, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So, hey, wow. let's do this. Let's do this. And my nose starts running on cue. <laughs> it's not like that one night, though. That it's was a Pavel Sof thing. As soon as you hear the music. <laughs> <laughs> why, but why, why would I train my nose? To drool. Maybe this at the has a sound of a. Somebody sick. Well, you know, I wrote this. Uh, I wrote this intro before I found out that we were going to have a little bit more than we had. So, fuck it, I'm going with it. Wow, what a difference a week makes. Last week it was hot and clear. This week it's hot and smoky to the point of unhealthy. Last week, we hadn't had a male American winner of a classic for a very long time. This week, Wilson Paulus is the man. Last week, Jackson lived in Portland. This week, he still kind of lives in Portland, depending (laughs) upon when you are listening to this show, but he's in-house with us. And my last one is the one that doesn't apply, because I said last week we had a full house for the podcast. This week... Let's see who's with us. He's the soon-to-be-spokenite, soon-to-be-gainfully-employed, still likely the fastest on the show, Mr. Jackson Bulger. <laughs> How are you, man? Doing well. 
Um, I have nothing for Paul, but except um, he, you know he was going to go to a wonderful farmers market tonight yep. and uh, drink beer with his with his bride, and that sounded like probably a better idea than sitting in a basement with a bunch of guys. And now he's uh, because of the smoke, he's sitting here drinking beer with us. So, Mr. Right. Paul Maine. I got beer either way. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah there that's you go. Point. <laughs> that's a good point. I'm really glad I had the good shit lying around because you know, yeah. I don't know if uh, you'd have gone for my mother-in-law's uh, Coors Light that's in there. No, sir. Nope. Yeah, no, fuck no. Uh, let me see. Well, I got to flip my page. Me, I'm the one who's always here. Sorry about that. I'm Pat Bulger. Uh, we, I'm, we're not running a little bit lean tonight. <laughs> but, Paul is a theory that uh, this we were going to test a theory tonight that your theory that uh, the shows run short if you're not here but yep. uh, but I guess I guess well they have been now we'll see that was because we were on the road and we had the we had the shitty soundboard but now we've got the AC in the background did yep. I mention that I put in AC today <laughs> my wife is not listening to this podcast because she will not probably be cool with the fact that the AC is sticking out into our driveway <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't think it's farther with a piece of cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. All right. Okay, that's good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, I think, however, um, I don't think it sticks out farther than our chimney. So when you're backing out of the driveway, you won't clip the AC unit. But I'm gonna. Yeah, you're gonna find out. (laughs) (laughs) No better way to find out. Um, So, uh, gentlemen, how's the riding going, Jackson? Let's start with you. How's the bike riding going? We're coming up to a. A little bit more of events. We finally, you know, you and I did the nice hat, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you and I did the Belgian waffle ride, and uh, now it's time to switch gears. Ah, that's a bad joke. That was good, though. Especially with my bike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the riding's been f- okay. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, there's a move going on. I um, am moving from Portland to Spokane and then uh, this past week I had um, an interview which went well so I will be employed here in Spokane as well mm. yeah thank you um, <laughs> um, so yeah it's, it's been it's a busy best a father could ever hope for <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been a bit of a busy week uh, doing what I can I got one right in uh, yesterday or the day before um, yeah, like I've been saying, everywhere in Portland, you can either go pan flat or you're climbing. So I climbed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my my whole ride. So just one. Yeah, just one. Hopefully, yeah. one um, not tomorrow, but the day after. Oh, okay. So okay. Paul Main, how's yeah. your ride week gone? Um, this week was slim compared to the weeks prior to, but um, it's because we're back. We fucked it up. Yeah, we came yeah. back and ruined your life. No, no, that wasn't <laughs> it. Um, it. It was. I did a couple of morning and uh, and I wanted to get a good ride in yesterday. And uh, granddaughter come over. It's that grandkids before they go to school come over and dominate time. Yep, it's one of those things. And yeah. so it's like. Uh, and I didn't wake up early enough. I, you know, you can. It's not an excuse, but if I woke up at five and went out and hit it, then I'd have something in. Mm. But I kind of felt like not hitting it at yeah. five in the morning. But yeah. I, at eight, I'm like, damn it! You yeah. know, now it's yeah. too late. So. Have you ever been? You used to do that morning ride group quite yeah. a bit. How yeah. how often did that group leave? Every day. And Every, what, what time? Uh, five forty-five. <sighs> There's a new one that I yeah. might hit this week. Um, and that's some of the guys that do the TNT also, and they, they oh. meet at five thirty. God, that's so early, man. I, can't, I you know what? I always set my alarm. I have set my alarm for decades 
to do those th- types of things. To get up, I'm going to go down, I'm going to work out in the mornings, yada, yada, yada. I never do. I never do. I turn off the al- I wake up before the alarm goes off and I'm super sleepy and I turn the alarm off and I just I sleep in. I can't do it. I yeah. I've realized that it's just impossible. There was a while that I used to go down to an athletic club and work out in the mornings before I had after is because I had my first period free as a teacher. Oh. So I could show That's up a cool. little late for school and but but you can't do that contractually now so so now i don't do it anymore and i can't <laughs> yeah my uh my my new job is from seven thirty to four thirty, and i already have uh, coped with the idea that it's all gonna be after work writing like yeah. i'm not getting up before seven thirty. Yeah. that's the hard part the a lot hard of part is, is for me is afternoons because you get off work you kind of want to relax before you get going and yeah. if you that's that moment where you're like yeah what's that a beer in the fridge? Well, okay, tomorrow I will, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even if you are at the point where you can do it, it's just and, – and as the light starts to fade mm-hmm. here, you mm-hmm. know, once you get into October, November, you come home, oh. 4.30, it's dark anyway. Yeah. You're like, fuck it, I can't do it. And then wake up in the morning and it's dark. I'm, First I'm world problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meme, um, my 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 last week. Uh, I have a bike that's currently down. Um, I think I talked about that on the last show. Uh, front shifter is not functioning. Paul was not. Uh, he's not going to give it back to me apparently until it's functioning. Well, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> just look at it. Go out and spin in the little chain ring or something <laughs> well, like that. I've got the cables pulled out on oh, the front. So never mind then. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, so in the meantime, by the way. Before we went to air, I went upstairs because I left my phone on the charger. And before I went to air, I'm, I'm going to quote you the email I got. Jay, because I give him my whole name, Jay Patrick Bulger, and they just go Jay, Jay. comma. <laughs> Your order number has shipped, and the tracking information is below. Thanks for your business. Shipped on 8-2-2021 using UPS Ground. And I click that, and I think it's going to be here on Friday. That's a long wait. Yeah, that's two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, you know why? I'm also, and I'm not going to name this company because um, this morning I also sent them an email, um, just saying, "Hey, what's the status of my order? I'm, I, you know, thanks for your time. I know, yada 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 yada. I was, I was polite. I wasn't mm-hmm. a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't an asshole. Well, that's out of character. I know, right? <laughs> I, I'm learning. And um, it's funny that I get this email, like soon after that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they're like, oh, fuck. Hey, Fred, did you ever pack up that shifter? God <laughs> damn. Oh, he just <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm starting to think. Yeah. These customers, are, these companies are just sitting back and waiting for the last second to, to submit this shit. But uh, but I, I, I have been riding uh, my old custom steel bike, the Harry Gary, built by a, a local artisan, Gary Selner. This guy, if you, Harry Gary sounds like an insult, but it is just, it is perfect. Paul worked with him for a long time, mm-hmm. and we talked about those years working with him on the ride this weekend. And um, I have to say that some things have definitely changed in my riding style over over the last several years <laughs> since I went to the Lapierre and now to the Giant. I am no longer a stretched out roadie. Um, riding that bike is so long in the reach uh, that my back is still sore from that ride on Saturday. Wow. It's. Wow. I, I was kind of feeling it a little bit on the ride, and then in the middle of the night that night, um, honestly, I had to kind of curl up in bed because I wanted to stretch my back because mm. it was already starting to get sore. 
um, getting in the drops and that bike feels like I'm, I'm just trying, like I'm trying to reach for the skewer or something like that. It's like, oh fuck. <laughs> Um, so I figured that out. Uh, number, second thing I figured out is that gearing has changed a shitload mm, since those days. Mm. Um, you can be here to justify this for me. I used to be fine with a 23 in the back, you know, 42-23. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And that was it. That was what you climbed in. And, and a 23 was kind of a... Kind of a uh, Wimp. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the bailout gear. Yeah. I have a 30 on yeah. my 2021 bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that cluster on that wheel set you have that I'm using? Do you know? Uh, it's a 1128, 1128 or a 1028. It's one of the two. It's 1128. Yeah. Yeah. Because Campagnolo from those days won't take a 28. I think it depends because they made a medium cage. There's a medium cage and then they had a short cage and I think that's a short cage on there. It's got to be. But I think it's either 26 or 20. I can't remember. It's been a while. Okay. Because I think it goes... 26 27 28 those last mm-hmm. gears or something like that because i can get into the th- 26 but then the other two the, the actual cage of the derailleur is rubbing on the cogs above it yeah the jockey wheels yeah yeah wow yeah um so so that was interesting and <laughs> i uh, third thing is i truly don't think that the weight is noticeable um uh, the bike is heavier it is definitely heavier and i'm sure it is noticeable mm-hmm. but i I felt fine for a good portion of that ride. There were some accelerations you guys made. You and Scott and I went for, you know, nothing too hard, but there were mm-hmm. some efforts. And uh, I uh, I felt okay. But, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a steel versus carbon type of an argument here. I, I like if I if I still had my Harry Gary, I'd give it away. But yeah. um, if I still had mine, I'd be riding it. Would you? you know, occasionally, yeah. yeah. I like steel. It just has a great feel to it. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it uh, you know, it, it, well, you're just brand new to carbon, so yeah. It's 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 definitely a different feel to me. Um, I I like the steel, and I think that it's great for the bike that I have it on, especially 131 miles on a steel bike. It's a little bit more forgiving, yeah, which was nice, but yeah. Um, so I, I'm waiting for this new shifter. Um, hopefully it's going to you know, get here and everything will be good, especially I, I, so I don't know what I'm going to do for the first stage of the classic. I yeah. guess I'm on the Gary or I'm on the, uh, the gravel bike, which neither of which are going to be a very fast option. You could <laughs> ride my track. <laughs> yeah. But well, I guess if I'm going fast enough on the climb, I can do it in the 20, whatever. Oh. You have 23. 23. Well, I think if you're going to do Baltimore, that's not a sharp gradient, so yeah. you'd be in a bigger gear. And Jameson. I, I'm going to mark off both courses so people can do both in one night if they want to to see which one's faster. So, yeah. I'm sweating. We have AC down here, and I'm fucking sweating. <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> um, uh, before we get to the news and topics, and the uh, as well as the classic, I want to make something perfectly clear. I have, for some reason been fixated on uh the fact that the river city cycling classic in my mind is the last weekend of august and i have said that on this show many times and you guys corrected me and then i think after a while you guys just kind of stopped correcting me i'm like one of those quit listening to you because you're full of crap yeah (laughs) (laughs) no and i accept that and uh so so i finally came to the conclusion that pat the race is in two weeks. It is the 14th and the 15th of August. Quit saying on your podcast that it is the 28th and 29th or something like that. Do you think that was a subconscious thing? 
You, you wanted more time to prepare. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny you should say that. <laughs> because I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think in my mind, I was like, going, I got like four weeks of speed work. I'm good, yeah. man. I'll be fine. Now I have yeah, like 10 the, days. You get, yeah. Well, you're going to do speed work up to the race? Cause <laughs> no. So I've got well, this week. Yeah. Yeah. And you, then I'm fucked. Uh, yeah. That's called cramming for a test. Yeah. I'm yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I basically screwed all the way over. Meanwhile, so. your toes are still denumbing from. They are, yeah. The outside of my feet are still a little numb from bells and wobble. But you know what? Toes, you know, the muscles still work. I've got balance. So if I can't feel them, that's darn it. But I can still feel, I can't feel them, but I can still use them. So yeah, it's a matter. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be all right. Uh, sorry to everybody at ODZ and to uh, Mike Surratt, everybody who's been organizing that race, um, especially because, I, you know, it's actually an announcing gig. I'm going to be announcing the crit. Um, about oh, you almost the missed the, your gig. Yeah, I would have showed yeah. up at the wrong time. <laughs> Where is everybody? Yeah, yeah. Why does everybody hate me? Yeah, for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, August fourteenth and fifteenth, um, and look it up on Facebook if you're needing to. River City Cycling Classic. Um, I'm going to be doing the road race in the crit. Jackson, have you committed to any of the above? I know that I'll be doing the road race in the crit. All right. I just <laughs> wanted to get it on the air. Oh yeah. I'll be living here. I have weekends off. Oh, that's so sweet. That is so <laughs> sweet. Um, Paul, is just road race crit? Road race crit. Okay. Yeah. No TT. No. Because we, we were bashing around the idea of doing the TT. Yeah, and I've got, I've got my TT bike, and I was going to go ride the course and take a look at it, but uh, I don't want to burn a match on that because I know as much as like, uh, just, just yeah. take a little bit easy. Yeah. Um, Would you, if it wasn't... A district championship? Would you still? Um, possibly, possibly. I think that if it was reversed, if the road race was first and then the TT, I definitely doesn't matter. If, Evening TT, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I probably would have done it that way because you can, you know, that's a huge effort. And and the way I race on a road race is, well, basically I don't sit sit in. I always trying to create a break or be in a break. So yeah, I just burn a match the mor- in the morning so and i don't at 58 there's only two uh, two matches <laughs> in that that book <laughs> <laughs> i just imagine bruce willis in the final in the the uh, fifth element where he only had too many matches left yeah, yeah sorry I'm, that's a movie reference that probably yeah. i'm the only one that gets um jackson you cool handing the announcing gig while i race the crit yeah i've never announced a bike race before but in the past yeah. uh what two, three, four years? I've, I think I've learned Watch a little plenty. bit, so yeah. uh, I, I might be able to do it. Take a little, take a couple dips from you and Dave Toll, and yeah, put just, it together and just, perfection. Okay. Yeah, worst case scenario, just ring the preem bell when your father is near the front. Yeah. yeah. I'll just ring the preem bell, like probably two hundred meters before the line. Yeah. yeah. Not preem lap. Yeah. Preem now. Preem now. Preem now. And you guys have a signal like. Yeah, you wave your finger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and then you oh, go ding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll split it with you. <laughs> okay, should we get to the headlines, you guys? Let's get to the headlines. Where is my headline button? There it is. Before that computer dies, it doesn't seem to be wanting to charge. But oh well, fuck it. Hey, you guys. Nelson brings it home. Uh, in case we didn't all pay attention to the fact that uh, the classic of San Sebastian just happened recently. And an American won the goddamn thing. It was so beautiful. Um, and, and is it Nelson or Nielsen? 
Nielsen. Nielsen. Is it Nielsen? Nielsen. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. But sometimes when you just read names, you kind of fuck it up. Nielsen Paulus from EF Education first. Nepo beat uh, Mat Mate Mahorik. Mahorich. Mate Mahorich. Yeah. See, I, I, I think what I know. It's what I'm the talking Slavic about. names you're having problems with. It is. Yeah. Well, I get it. Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, except Nielsen. A three-man sprint to win Classica San Sebastian, um, which, uh, despite being affected by a late crash on a run into the finish, I, did, I didn't catch most of the race. Paul, you did. Yeah, I caught most of it. Um, it was a really weird race, I guess, that didn't play out as expected. I, from what it sounds like, Quickstep did not do some chasing for an extensive mm-hmm. period of time, which you would think with Julian Alaphilippe being there, that, that would have happened. Um, but... Uh, there we go, leaving Trek Segafredo to do most of that work, apparently, at the front of the field there, um, leading us into the fact that um, we U.S. has a has a first classic winner since, I think, Voldemort probably won yeah. Amstel, yeah. 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 which yeah. is a long time ago. Yeah, and it seems like it earned him a pretty good uh, future because I, uh, I saw him post on Instagram today that he now has a three-year contract extension with EF, which is big for him. And I think I, he's going to be a big fu- future for EF. Yeah. And I don't know Jay Vodders, Jonathan Vodders, but from what I sound, from what it sounds like, getting an extension out of him is like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Wow. He won't do it till the last second. He's he's quite tight with the purse strings, but uh, it's good to hear. Um, any any notable moments, especially Paul, since you were able to catch the whole thing? Yeah, I, I'm sure everybody read the caption that uh, Nielsen said that um, going in that corner where Maharaj. Um, locked up his brakes, went into yeah. the curb, and mm-hmm. the uh, uh, couple of guys. One guy went down, um, but uh, Nielsen said that he was looking at his garment. He was, "Hey, we got a sharp corner coming up," <laughs> and so he kind of like laid back, and everybody missed. That's actually how he kind of got a gap, and they had to chase to get up to him because. Um, Mahorich is usually pretty sharp yeah. when it comes to winning, mm-hmm. and I think he had burned some matches, so it worked to his favor. Yeah, I will say he he beat a uh, pretty like on form rider mm-hmm. who's yeah. in Mahorich who has I mean showed it in the tour yeah. um, and and being the Slovenian national champion, it seems yeah. like they that that country can produce some pretty good riders. So I think that he should be pretty proud of that yeah. win. That's yeah. a big one. Dukoinik yeah. did have one in the. In that front group, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mikel Onore um, was was in that three man group. Yeah, and, so and that's that why corner kind of took him out a little yeah. bit, but he was able to bridge up. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, awesome. I mean, it's just I I had to mention it. I don't I don't know. I didn't really have anything to go too in depth on it, but mm-hmm. it, other than other than that, Voldemort Amstel Gold does any. But when was the last American Classic winner you recall? Uh, um, <sighs> it would be George. It was. It was after that, but George um, Hincapie won, and it's a semi-classic, I guess, Gent Velligum. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think, and then we had, in the early two, 2003, um, uh, what's his name, Hamilton? Tyler. Tyler. One um, Liege. Liege, yeah, Liege. Yeah. That was a big one. That was. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a monument. So. Yeah. You yeah. know, isn't Liege's class? No, it's Flesh is class classified as a mini, yeah, a mini mm-hmm. classic. Yeah. So, um, and story number two: the Olympics crashing along. 
You know, gotta love these titles. Um, Australia hopes in the men's team pursuit at the Olymp at the Tokyo Tokyo Olympic Games took a massive blow on Monday today when uh, Alex Porter crashed in qualifying after his handlebars appeared to snap clean off. Paul's already smiling. He's just drooling, ready to talk about <laughs> new technology. Uh, luckily, he was at the back of the team during the opening laps when that fall took place, uh, meaning he didn't take down the rest of his teammates, but it was very much down to an equipment failure rather than athlete error. Australian track teams are riding aboard the 2020 Electron Pro from uh, the Canadian brand Argon 18. I don't mean to call them out, and I'm going to say something about it here shortly. Uh, fitted, fitted with an integrated aero cockpit, and I guess it's 3D printed. Um, one piece carbon fiber based on, uh, well, uh, carbon, but then there's also some 3D printing on there. Um, it appears to have occurred halfway along the stem area um, with a clean break at the junction just after the stem area meets the handlebars. So, first of all, anybody bashing Argon should should lighten the hell up because how many bike breakage issues have we seen in the sport over these years? Tons. And just recently they, they said that wasn't their handlebar. For some reason, his got switched out. Oh, no shit. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. They didn't say whose they were. Yeah. Or why were they switched we out? We didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's not ours. It's not us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, apparently, they, they normally run the Argon 18, you know, yeah. you know, base bar, and, and that's what mm. failed. But he had maybe he broke the other one in practice, and they threw one on. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting because I was going to say, oh, maybe it was like a tightening issue, like with, with uh, Vanderpool. Yeah. But yeah. You, but we, you, the way you described it as uh, it's, it's a one piece bar and stem mm -hmm. unit, so there probably was no over tightening yeah. issue, especially at, at the Olympics. You're not going to do it there. So yeah, yeah I, I was watching the uh, women's team sprint qualifications this morning. By the way, so fucking boring watching the team sprint qualifications. It is just a two person, the two up, three yeah. lap time mm -hmm. trial. It is like watching paint dry and i'm sitting there the whole time going they took away the kilo the kilo is more exciting mm -hmm. than watching uh this this qualification and i'm not bashing females or anything like that i'm just bashing this the, the qualification the event, yeah. of this event now when it's when it's more riders doing it at the same time it, it changed the game a little bit but it was just it was just a two-person time trial that lasted 30 some seconds um but i was watching the amount of torque those riders are putting on those bikes. Absolutely insane. I can't believe that breakage, you know, that these, that my point is that, that there are, these bikes are being built so, so strong and so well. It's just these people are putting so much pressure into them. It's Did you watch the men's or the women's? Women's. I yeah, was watching women's. the women's. Yeah. It's it was, un, it was insane. Chinese set a world record. Yeah. Well, and they, they won flying. the gold. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, it just it was amazing. They're they're leaning out of that the starter that holds you know the the, yeah. the rider up on the banking has has just a human holding them, but the person at the bottom is just they, they timing go, it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 oh yeah. yeah, it just it just the amount of force mm -hmm. they're putting into it is unbelievable, you know. And so my my I guess my point is the lighter things get, the more issues we're going to see. And Paul, you mm -hmm. could probably attest to that. When when we have to be aware of the fact that we need a torque wrench to tighten our, tighten our seat post bolt, mm -hmm. or that we there are certain frames you should not sit on the top tube because of the 
improper flex pattern of the carbon they tell you not to lean against the top tube on some bikes um i guess you know the lighter it gets the the more designed it gets the more aerodynamic it gets you know we're, we're destined to have more of this breakage along the line well i think you can see uh less of that on the road um because they have to beef things up because yeah, of this yeah. invention called disc brakes so <laughs> there it is i need it but they I have to, they have to re- re- yeah. reinforce that because it, that changed everybody doesn't i think the average person you hear you i beat that drum so many times but you know when you when you put a brake the braking part of a bike down by the hub it changes everything from on the rim yeah and you know it will perform better but what at what's the cost and that's the thing that that should be the discussion not one is better than the other they both perform well disc brakes better in many more situations but the whole reason i got carbon wheels were for race wheels because they were lighter more arrow yeah so you put a disc brake on there they're never going to be as arrow because you have to cross pattern on the disc side because that's the power side and that spoke is used for too much for braking yeah that Mm -hmm. pull spoke spoke and and so then they're not going to be lighter either for that particular reason or arrow yeah so we went backwards a little bit and and you have to reinforce that fork the torque same with on the rear triangle it it changes everything so um in fact like your bike Mm -hmm. is substantially heavier than mine from the same manufacturer just part of that is disc you know some of your equipment but yeah um yeah i mean like four pounds difference yeah wow well and I, i and i will say that it's also super interesting and i might be getting into the weeds a little here on this but um how the UCI makes rules around um, companies making um, arrow arrow gains on these disc brakes because, um, for instance, my bike has this um, little fairing, like plastic piece at the front almost, um, that if you want to work on the disc brakes, you have to actually take off. And what it is is it makes the brake itself, like the cow or the the brake body itself, more aerodynamic and it covers it. But the UCI won't allow that type of stuff. So it's like, it's almost, it kind of feels like they almost don't want them around. Yeah. Because there is a simple way, just to, like a, a little piece of plastic. You could snap it easily. But the fact that that's not allowed feels weird to me. So you'd it's have probably, to remove that in a UCI base. Yeah. For, for instance, when we do the, the race this week yeah. or uh, next week, I, like, I can probably keep it's that. It's not till the end of the month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I could probably keep that because they won't recognize it. But. Yeah. The little, you know, like the little storage box on the bottom. Sure. Technically, I'm not allowed to have that mm-hmm. because it's an aerodynamic advantage. So I will have to remove that, according to the yeah. USA Cycling. So the it's just based on the rules. So any yeah. anything that is attached on to create aerodynamics is not a legal mm-hmm. thing. And there is also on a frame. I think the ratio is still three to one. So the thickness of you can't go three deep yeah. for the width, and then it's considered a fairing. So. Um, yeah. Until they change those rules, but no one's asking for lighter bikes anymore because you you can't really achieve that with disc brakes. So there was a while before disc brakes were really big. The Where manufacturers to add weight. Yeah, they had, yeah. and they're yeah. like, "This is stupid. We shouldn't be pinned at the six point eight kilos." You know, we can we can design a safe bike. In fact, Trek did one that's like I think five 
two or four or something like that. Shit. And then disc brakes <laughs> came, and it's like that discussion is gone. Yeah. No one wants to talk yeah. about it. Well, the new specialized ethos is a yeah. thing of really? new creation. It's the lightest ever production disc, disc brake bike, bike that's 6.6 kilograms. Jesus Christ. It's insane. Yeah. Um, speaking of arrow. By the yeah. way, this this is a perfect segue to my, my third and final Olympic pace story. Uh, for Monday's men's team's pursuit qualifying, qualifying round of the Tokyo Olympics, all eyes were on Denmark as the hot favorite of the event. But even before that squad had climbed onto their bikes, they were making headlines. <laughs> Spotted on the front of the rider's shins, extending upward within the socks was a strip of kinesiology, kinesiology tape uh, that continued to just beneath the knee. Um, it's not uncommon for, for to see this type of tape mm-hmm. on, on riders in the sports. Regularly used to aid with you know support of muscles, joints, cause of injury, or things like that. But in, th- in this case, the same tape was applied to both legs of all four riders. Um, coincidentally, the positioning of the tape would also act as a trip strip. I'm reading from prepared text. A turbulence to the onrushing air, helping it to remain attached to the surface of the leg longer and subsequently improving the aerodynamic performance of the riders. Team, by the way, is supported by Dan Bigham who has a reputation for finding performance gains through aerodynamic and technological advancement. So many believe this is a tactical use of kinesiology tape rather than for medical use. The UCI rules on the subject claim, and I quote, items of clothing may not modify the morphology of the writer and non-essential elements of the device, which the purpose is not exclusively that of clothing or protection is forbidden. This shall also apply regarding any material or substance applied onto the skin or clothing and which is not itself an item of clothing. A second tweet from Chris Boardman out there said, To clarify, I believe the Danish team okayed the tape and use with the UCI. Okay. That was a lot of talking from my point. Um, I guess my questions are, First of all, are we that at that point where that type of marginal gain is so critical that that, that that riders are that close that we're needing to worry about a piece of tape on the shin bone? And my second question would be: Is this foul play or is this is just finding a loophole and bending the rules? <laughs> it's an interesting topic, um, especially aerodynamics, which has been like so focused on in, in, recently. Sure, because like. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. To get, to get a little technical, um, I am someone who knows what my weight like when it stops when aerodynamics stops mattering to my weight gain so if i or yeah to my weight so if it hits six six percent that's when aerodynamics for my 160 
ma- like 163 pounds stops mattering. Yeah. And so like that's something I know. And which which is kind of funny because I have a feeling you guys wouldn't know that type of stuff. No clue. Which just Paul show- probably does. No, no, I just know it gets harder. Yeah, see exactly. <laughs> well, and the thing is that shows how new these type of like these type of things are and how much attention it's being paid. Like the aero bike is is somewhat kind of new, but it's also like more riders are picking these bikes because of those types of aerodynamic yeah. gains. And it's because every rider right now is so close on, on a playing field. I do think that any, any gain matters. And it's also crazy to look at like some of the numbers about how just little changes in your body position or your bike or your equipment can just change every like can change seconds, can take Watts off. Um, and the last question, I don't know. <sighs> it's not, it's technically, it's med, it's medically for them. But if they, if they, if they like got it approved with the UCI, then I don't know if I find it, find an issue with yeah. it, but it probably took half a watt off of each rider. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I uh, you know, the thing is, is if they got it cleared and they, and they said, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Not a problem. You know, that whole creating tuberculent air, that's what a golf ball is based off of. Sure. Those dimples, and that's yeah. what they're doing. And that's why the UCI is strict on socks, because they're developing socks. <laughs> now, take it a little bit further, when they had they started really pushing that, uh, Lotto Sadal used to use a uh, uh, like an oil base. It was an aero oil base that they put on their legs that supposedly gave them slicker legs. Oh and the God. UCI canceled that. But I think on the road to do that, no. I mean, time trial, I mean, the longer the time trial, you probably get some advantage. But when you're talking on the track where they're like the Chinese uh, sprint, yeah, they won by eight one hundredths or eight point, you oh know, eight one hundredths of a second yeah. over the Germans. So, yeah, you could see where that could be advantage. But you know, <clears throat> and then and then on top of that, I, I this is a slight subject change. But then on top of that, I watch uh, the track sprinters, not velodrome running mm-hmm. track sprinters, and they, especially the women, they've got these wigs on that are flowing in the wind. They've got their numbers. All the track runners, I'm seeing numbers that are just I've I've seen better pin jobs by a cat four, <laughs> um, and and everything. I'm just looking and I'm going, when is track sprinting going to understand the concepts of aerodynamics? Because these these wigs are just flowing in the wind behind them. Absolutely. They've got to be creating some form, some form of drag. Mm-hmm. It has to. But I don't know. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I, I mean, at their speed, at a running speed, what is the time loss or what, yeah. you know, for the drag? There's. I'm surprised they're not all hooded up and, you know, and just kind of, you know, completely self-enclosed. You know, if you've got swimmers who are doing all that stuff and then the runners, you just see them completely, you know, dressed out. You know, it's just I don't I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But oh, well, I guess that's why I'm here and they're there. So um, uh, thanks, Jackson. We had we had Bender trying to bust in for some happy time. Um (laughs) So it's time for our topic, you guys. Topic of the show time. I don't have any theme for the topic. Someday I'm going to have to get that. Um, brought to our by our, brought to us by our friends at Scratch Labs and Athletic Brewing. Pretty much the go-to for during and after ride beverages. At least for me, it sure as heck is. I'm a sure fan 
of the straight out lemon lime flavor of scratch. That's the one I stick to, and that's the one I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna swear to for the rest of my days. I do love some of the other ones, but lemon lime just for me is good tasting. It reminds me when to drink. I, I kind of enjoy the flavor, so I, I will go back to it more often. Kind of a you know subconscious type of a thing, and it's not too strong a flavor, so my gut doesn't reject it. And um, I I I think. Jackson, you might be able to testify in Belgian Waffle about gut rejection, and we don't know what that was from, but you got you got pretty sick after the end of that thing. Yeah, I think um, it was... Not an, to pick on anybody, of course. You know. no, yeah, no, it was um, th- through the probably the first hour, hour and a half, I used um, just, just Scratch products, and yeah. then I had to switch to another brand just because it... W- it Scratch wasn't like the main sponsor of BWR, yeah. so uh, once, once that happened... Um, I think by the end it was either my body wasn't used to it or overhydration or just a lot of stuff being put into my body that it's not used to. Yeah. Also, big thanks to, uh, as I said, Athletic Brewing. I just had the Lemon Rattler today, a non-alcoholic Lemon Rattler. For those of you guys who don't know what Lemon Rattler is, it's the... Rattler. Rattler. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Paul. Um, pretty damn good for uh, for an NA offering, um, I'm, I'm going to say it. And my palate's been kind of getting used to it for a while. As I said earlier, don't think of it as a beer. Think of it as a, as a non-alcoholic brew, non-alcoholic beverage. Pretty good on a summer day. Big bit sour, but very refreshing. 70 calories calories per can by the way if you're paying attention a lot fucking less calories than gatorade so uh check scratchlabs.com and please use the athletic brewing link at packfiller.com so um social cycling is is, is the idea that jackson came up to me uh, today what I, I thought was a pretty good one first and foremost you know we can talk about the classic itself a four ride spirited pace all intended to do one thing Get us out there riding with each other um, because God knows we haven't had that opportunity sharing our rides socially if we're not riding with each other. Um, so everybody be sure and check all the information out on the classic. I released a, a pretty average made uh, YouTube video this morning talking about the details of the race itself and things like that. But cycling, whether we want to admit it or not, is a social sport. When I first got into it, there was and actually still is a lot of solo riding. I still do a good amount of solo riding. But some of the greatest moments, some of the greatest stories, some of the greatest people and experiences in my cycling life have been with others. So um, um, I kind of tailored this First of all, just thinking it was going to be Jackson and I, but I know, Paul, you're going to have some absolutely awesome insight into some of this stuff. But Jackson, as someone who tends to ride alone when in Portland, what are your thoughts on the importance of cycling with other people? I know you've done a lot of it solo. Yeah. No, I definitely have done a lot of it solo. For the past, uh, ever since I really started riding and had the means in my own apartment, it's been about two years, just practically solo. But but I've also ridden with my girlfriend. But um kind of when i when i train sometimes it's 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 tough you know doing it alone having the motivation just because there's not that other person there kind of making you feel guilty you know that type of feeling but also i will say when i come back to spokane and i ride with you guys or we do like a like that spirited uh thursday night yeah thursday night ride um it's just a different feeling altogether i feel that that like excitement that i feel um to give an example today I was uh when I was driving back here to Spokane I was thinking about like racing and it gave me that like that little spark in my in really? my stomach a little bit and it got me excited that hey, you can't experience that when riding alone that's just not possible cuz you can race yourself as much as you want but at the end of the day when you look at Strava and you see that you got the KOM you didn't get that spark in your stomach 
at least for me. Um, and I think I, I've, I've always found the group ride to be very important for myself just cause it's, it gets you to socialize with other people, which <laughs> is something obviously the past year has kind of kept us from doing, but also, um, it just, it, it creates a like friendly competition, which I think for cyclists is so, is, is so important if you're, if you are competitive, if not, that's awesome. But I need that competition. And so like just riding alone can only do so much for me. Paul, do you prefer one over the other? Um, yeah, it depends. I I think, I think, uh, I need two solo rides a week. The rest of mine with a group, um, big groups, um, once a week, but uh, I usually prefer no bigger than six. Six is like a good, okay. good number to ride in a group. You know what I mean? You get a good rotation, and um, everybody gets a good workout, and mm-hmm. you're not worried about that jerk that's been sitting, and then he attacks on the hill. And, you know that. <laughs> you know, it, so you, it, people are a little more accountable, I think, at six. Um, like the we're talking about the TNT ride. That's always good. For measuring, seeing where you're at, mm-hmm. there's people that you know that you would like to be or close to or beat. You know that's that's where the group ride part comes in, and they and I they, you know the ODZ guys keep it pretty sociable too. They stop on the top of the hill, so everybody comes up, and there's a little chit chat afterwards and yeah. stuff. But I mean, it's still clickish because the really fast guys can't talk to me because I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, five minutes they're after, bored yeah. by the yeah, time you yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. Like, Shit, I gotta all their salts crystallized yeah. on their head. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it's it is a social sport. I think a lot of people lean more to the social. Yeah. But if you look at the things like group rides, like the Sunday breakfast ride, how big that was. And, sure. And we talked earlier off mic about a group ride that started in the 80s called the morning ride. They take off at 5:45. There's two doctors, and then it grew up to I think there's on average, at 1.45 riders that Jesus. do this loop. Wow. And so, obviously, there is there's something to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent most of my cycling career, um, up until, like, the, probably the last five or six years, always riding by myself, training by myself. Um, I, I had teammates. I mean, Jack was one of my teammates for a while. He and I... When I first started riding, he and I rode together all the time, but we didn't ride with the rest of the team very often. Um, and uh, and so I spent a lot of years, especially because uh, the the team I was on, everybody kind of went off to other teams, and I stayed on. I and when I especially when I was you know eighteen nineteen, I was the only person racing cat two on my team, and so I spent all this time training while my stepmom was training all the juniors and taking him to ice cream and all that kind of <laughs> shit. I, I was I was out there doing these major miles and stuff like that. So I just became it became a part of me that I just got used to riding alone and I still kind of um find myself going back to that. I still kind of sometimes feel awkward. Um my wife was asking me recently why I don't ask her to go on tandem rides very often. And I froze. Because I didn't want to insult her, but I'm just so used to it being kind of my own little fortress of solitude and my time to let my mind just kind of go by itself that I've 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 got to teach myself to get back into that social element in the sport. And and when we go to a a group ride or something like that and people start kind of coming up and talking and stuff like that, I still have a 
I almost have to put on like a character face because I don't know what to say because I've spent so much time just riding alone and 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 things like that. So it's it's been really interesting. Um, do you guys tend? How about somebody? I'm try, I'm jumping questions because some of, several of them were were just kind of a a two person discussion here. But this is this is okay. How does someone go about getting into that social dynamic? How would you recommend something? Because cyclists tend to be a tough group to truly break into, and I'm not just talking on the road. Um, I've I've been. I, I've had difficulty with mountain riders. I've had difficulty even with gravel riders. Yeah. You know, we talk to some gravel riders who tend to be the most relaxed, you know, kind of kickback group in the world. But there, there's still this element of it's our group and you're new to the group and stuff like that. And, and you know, roadies are the, are the hardest, I would think. Mm-hmm. But how, how, does, how do you do that? How do you go to a town like Portland when you moved there and magically find a group to start riding and training with and, and friends for life? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tough question, especially like somebody who moved to a brand new city and found the sport of cycling um, and then tried to make something out of it. Um, yeah. It was it was kind of difficult. Um, I will say, though, I'm really, really happy that I did at least one race while I was there um, because I found that the community at least just from the race that I was in was, was just so was really welcoming. And it's, it's really hard. It is really hard to get into that type of thing, especially because it, it is intimidating because cycling is a very prideful sport. You know what I mean? Like you don't want like, you don't want to get dropped. You don't want to lose because that, that hits at your ego a little bit. Um, but as, as hard as it sounds and, I th- I think just kind of jumping into it is a really great way of doing it because you're going to you're going to kind of figure it out. You're going to get to know the people and 9 times out of 10 there's going to be one person that goes, "Hey, we haven't seen you. Like yeah. what what's your name? What's your experience level?" type a thing like that. Like when I was in Portland, I was next to this guy and I said, "Is this the Cat 4 race?" and he went, "Yep." And then we were able to have a conversation. Sure. And you, you you kind of find that cyclists tend to be pretty friendly people. Um, if you just have that, that, that opportunity to just kind of reach out to it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. I will say though, to just kind of get into it, to just jump into the deep end like that. I think, I, uh, I think that's true with anything. Like I watched my wife trying to get into fly fishing, wants to buy the right gear and doesn't look stupid with other people out there. You know, that's a, a common human thing but i think uh as you guys are speaking i i quit listening and started thinking about myself (laughs) and uh but how i got into it there's something i was so i rode by myself all the time and uh, i just saw something came up and it was a a ms 150 and we rode the first day there was a you know from spokane to sandpoint and then sandpoint to oh um thompson falls montana and okay. they bust you back and that's how i you know started meeting people and then you start hearing about different groups and, and then you're riding with guys and you're like hey then you start you know mm-hmm. conversing but it was extremely intimidating and um and i think road why road racing is so tough is because it's so competitive like in mountain biking you know the guy got second place you may not even see him behind you who got second place you don't sure. 
yeah. cycling that you're bumping, you are mm-hmm. right there, and you make a mistake, you move your line, you're going to hear about it. I mean, it's, it's, it is an intimidating uh, environment, but um, I think and also— And when you bump somebody, they're not going to go, hey, my name's Pat, nice <laughs> to meet you. <ya. laughs> yeah. Please, you just want to be careful with that again. They're just going to go, hey, fucker. Yeah. Get out of here, yeah. you know, or something like hey, that. Hey, just settle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. And yeah. that's an intimidating part of it. Sure. Yeah, it is because you're riding in a group, and a lot of people, when you even when you, you have to start at some point riding in a group. Yeah. But also, as soon as you pull up, when I'm, I'm thinking about like breakfast ride, and I've been in a couple other rides, you show up and they they're already kind of eye checking you out. You know, yeah. Oh they're yeah. Looking at oh, your yeah. legs and looking what kind of gear you have. Because the pecking already in this group is already this is number one, this is number two, or one and two. Think sure, vice versa. <laughs> and so you know, it's so that is intimidating, and so they just have to figure out. And they're not kind because you might be a threat. Yeah. So yeah, it's so odd. You know, we were do, as I said at the beginning of Belgian Waffle. I said just this is I've never seen so much dick measuring in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was everybody just looking each other up and down. It was just ridiculous. And it's got to be so hard for people outside of that loop. You know, you might be an incredibly accomplished rider, but if you come into a new environment, it's it it it's almost like becoming a working actor. You got to be in the union to get a job, but you can't get a job until you're in the union. It's it's that way with with cycling groups. I mean, because people aren't just going to walk up to you and go. I mean, Keith, a good friend of mine um, and and teammate of ours, said he came to town and he went into a bike shop and he said, "Hey, I've you know I was a big racer in the San Diego Crit Series and stuff like that, and I'm looking for a team." And they immediately recommended one of the worst teams in town to him because it's just it's almost like they don't trust you or it's just they don't want you to break in on their mm-hmm. group or something. Mm-hmm. It's just it's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, as I said, I've been judged by road cyclists, by mountain cyclists, by by gravel cyclists, and it, it's the same across the board. Um, what is a way that you know um, is the only way to really create a level playing field where we can all get along? Is is there an off the bike social element that can? that could be created uh, you know i i talk all the time about my dream of of creating a uh, a public house where it's just before and after rides it's a meeting place it's beer it's wine it's coffee it's um you know workouts it's swift it's all that kind of stuff um you know that's a pie in the eye pie in the sky kind of a thing but is there an element like that that can maybe help leveling that level that playing field that you could have the yeah, I think there are some clubs in town who do a like a barbecue meet and greet or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think one of the things that really opened my eyes to this was when we were in like when we were in San Marcos and we saw when we went to like the the um, BWR Expo was that it was it was a very to me at least it was a very sp- uh, special place that I haven't seen a lot in cycling was that you and I picked up our race packets. And I looked, and I, I I flipped I flipped around, and I I saw um, Pete Stetna, yeah, drinking a beer, have having conversation with fans, and and you went up and you shook Ian Boswell's hand and Dave Toll's hand, and it was like one of those moments where everything seemed kind of even to me. Okay, personally, I was somebody who was very intimidated just because these are the people who I've looked up to for so long. Sure, but like the fact that all of these people are just there accessible and willing to talk to you no matter what to me seemed like a very special environment that 
a lot of sports don't really create. You know, I, I, I don't, I mean, obviously on the local level, I think it's a little bit more difficult to bring Pete Staten in, but yeah. I think you like, you're mentioning like, like a, just a relaxed barbecue setting or like a relaxed setting, I think is something that cycling needs to just have everybody get to know each other. Well, I don't, you know, I think that certainly helps, but doesn't want to be touchy feely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it helps (laughs) to have, have a place like that, but it's, it's, when you pull up on the bike is still the intimidating factor. Yeah, you could yeah. meet and talk to everybody at first and, Hey, yeah, you know, I saw you, you know, that, you know, for the team ride kind of meeting or blah, sure. blah, blah. But as soon as you put your gear on, it's like, you're going to war, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, are you friend or foe? You know? So, um, yeah, I, I, it's just, I don't know if that can ever be broken. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think there is a sense of, uh, Obligation. I look at myself being the elder that if I see somebody out of place to try and make them feel welcome and just let them know you don't want to be on my wheel because if you're fast, I'm not the one to follow (laughs) this guy and this guy. I mean, that helps, too. It's like, you know, I'll just point out, you know. I, I will. I mean, I'll do yeah. that if somebody comes in. It's, yeah, this guy is known for this or that. So I, I think because I'm out of the loop, it makes it easier for me to say and, you know, talk to somebody new. But as much as I knew, I saw a new face come into like a couple of training rides that were set up in my prime. Well, my prime is not all that good. But, (laughs) but, you know, I I wouldn't talk. I'd just say, hey, I'm Paul, by the way. And then I'd do my thing. And if he's there, you know, I'd test him, you know, like punch it over a little climb, see if he's got the, you know. And it sounds like a dick move, but that's just i think we we're kind of animals kind of it's the competitive element though yeah you can't, can't you off. can't take it off yeah. okay okay that's why we're cyclists do you, you think know? that's cross board i mean i know i mean i i, I know there are I, I i like i said when i did the mojo diary show you know those guys were talking about no we're not competitive stuff like that and i'm like bullshit i remember doing um uh, the 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 midnight century ride and and this guy was you know, I'll give him shit. Josh from Mojo Cycling, mm-hmm. great fucking guy. Um, but he was not sitting up. He was laying down a hard tempo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, if you're truly not competitive, why are you going hard right now? I mean, is it because he's just filling his inner love? Or is he just kind of want to put the screws to the it, roadies? It might be his favorite stretch of ro- ride that he likes to go hard on. Yeah. So. But it still feels pretty good when you when you reach the top of a climb alone, isn't it? I mean, c- can we say? I don't know. That? I got to experience. That. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Scott's doing that now. Yeah. Jesus H. Yeah. Um, so um, my other thing about about the social element is too is being intimidated um, at the, at, the, at just at the shop level, walking into a shop. Have you guys ever? I mean, even at the level we're at now, do you guys still feel intimidation when you walk into a shop? Do you feel it at all, Paul? Or no. No, no you don't because I've been I was in the business from, you know, so many different angles, so really? um no. And you uh, don't get it. You, I mean, but you walk into a shop and somebody's going to look at you and probably think, you know, no, oh, he knows his shit or No, I don't I don't Do you have to throw out certain care. catchphrases or something before? No. No, I don't even care. I mean, I really don't care what they think of me because I have an agenda while I'm at that bike shop. Sure. Um but I think more than anything else, when I started, that was a different thing because I didn't know the jargon. And I had to buy a new floor pump. And 
what what's it called? Pre Presta? Presta? The shop didn't know Presta? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Okay, so I'm okay. going in buying equipment that I don't even... It's yeah. Back then, everything, Campanolo, you had yeah. all these different mm-hmm. names. You know, you look at... I can't pronounce that word. What yeah. is that? You know, and you sound like a dick because you like don't know me that. when I'm reading a roster of a race report. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty fucking close. So, yeah. yeah, but I I don't anymore. You because, don't. Yeah, I mean, since I've been doing this since '86. Yeah, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like I said. I I've think, been doing it since '82, and I still feel it though. Yeah, and but you you've kind of had a hiatus a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've always had a finger on the pulse at least okay. at some point in time. And being in the bike industry long, as sure, long as I sure. have certainly yeah. was yeah. helped out. But yeah, I certainly know how people feel, like like that shop in Seattle we went into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you were just starting, you'd be going wrong place, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they're so. not gonna they're not gonna look at you. No, they didn't look at us. Well, their mm-hmm. bikes, the cheapest bike I think was like eight grand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 J- Jackson, do you still get? Do you get shop intimidation do you, or, or, or do, you know, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to pick any shop. I'm not no, going to yeah. pick on anybody. I'm not going to name any brands or anything like that. But do you still mm-hmm. feel it or do you feel it at well, all? It's really interesting being young. Yeah. Um, they look at you a little differently. They don't know if you know what you're talking about when I go in. For instance, um, I, uh, I bought some fenders um, for my bike and he kind of approached me. He was a little hesitant. I could tell, uh, when I went in to buy the fenders, this was in Portland. Um, and I was, I mean, mind you at this point, I've watched every YouTube video there is to watch on these type of things. Um, so I, I kind of know, I know what to say the, like you were saying the jargon. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still intimidating, especially being my age. People look at me and go, Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just coming in to look at like, like a, uh, a bike that's way out of his price range or something sure. like that. Um, but I'm at the point where I know what I want. I know all the words that I need to say. I mean, I've even had this conversation with my girlfriend. It's like, I feel intimidated going into any bike shop, but I know like the words that I need to say, I know the exact, like what, what's going to happen, but it's, it's still kind of interesting to see how bike shop to bike shop. My age is perceived. Sure. Which is really interesting. I was going to ask you before I even get into some of the other stuff, but um, you ride in, when you're in Spokane with a bunch of old guys, predominantly. <laughs> yeah. um, my first question is, Is have you ever considered trying to find a group of younger guys? I don't, we don't want to kick you out. Don't, don't yeah, get me wrong. <laughs> um, and, um, and and how do you see yourself in the dynamic of the group with a bunch of old guys? Do you see yourself as the kid or do you see yourself as an equal within amongst your peers? Yeah. Um, for the first question, yeah, I've, I remember when we went to the TNT ride the first time yeah. um, and I saw like, for instance, uh, bike fit Sam yeah. is, is one of those guys who's not, too you know too far off my age range um yeah which was it was kind of cool to see like and not to say that you guys are like old or outdated or anything oh, no, of we that. are yeah <laughs> yeah we, but we know pretty much yeah. are yeah. 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 yeah but like to to see that there is like some sort of community that is my age as well or, mm-hmm. or at least somewhat close to my age was kind of was yeah. was fun and i think moving here will give me an opportunity to engage in that community which i'm excited about um uh and then remind me of the second question again second one is what do you feel what do you feel uh, within the group itself oh yeah 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 yeah. um yeah no i 
which is kind of funny, you being my father. Yeah. Um, I have always viewed myself as an equal, even though I don't say that much. I know that I'm relatively quiet when it comes to being on the bike, but it's like I view myself as somebody who can kind of ha- participate in the conversations and participate in like the efforts that we ha- that that we go for. Um, it. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, I never really viewed myself as like I'm the young guy in the group. It was yeah. just like I'm one of the group. Is kind of what it felt like. We got to switch shit up then. Apparently, <laughs> we got to we got to make it feel like <laughs> a little kid. Yeah. Start talking about old movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just quote shit. Yeah. Wouldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah that random, already happens. <laughs> random eighties band. Yeah. yeah, we do quote old movies. It already happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think right, I, so, see, my memory's fading. Yeah, so. yeah. The Fifth yeah. Element yeah. joke earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you didn't pick. I've up seen that. Movie. Yeah. Well, I've seen it probably five hundred times. <laughs> um, who have been the most welcoming people you've experienced in your time in the sport? And, you know, what were the what was what brought you into it? Yeah, I mean, Paul, you mentioned that really long ride. Were there any individuals along the way that were just kind of like, hey, man, I got you. Come on. I, you know, don't pay attention to these fuckheads. You know, let's let's go. You ask me directly. Yeah. Uh, this is strange because it goes against everything that I believe in. <laughs> There's a character that we all know, Randy Blaylock, but he had he had a <laughs> he had a, a certain attitude, and uh, oh yeah, uh, you know I kind of attached to that. I kind of liked and admired. You know he he had a lot to learn. He, he was uh, a badass, and he knew yeah. it. And you know, um, so I, I not that I rode with him all that much or trained with him. At that point in time, he's kind of on his way out. But, yeah, it's just like he was on the edge. And, and he that's helped where I you wanted in, though? I think in a way to understand, you know, like the dynamics of a group. And and he gave me a little bit of confidence because he kind of welcomed me in. He didn't welcome too many people in yeah. to his group. So I think that kind of helped. And I don't know at what point. I think I remember one incident. We are on a training ride, and he goes up this hill. And he kept throwing his bike, trying to overlap my wheel and hitting it, and I wouldn't quit. And so I think that – I'm guessing that might have been it. He probably goes, no, fuck, that's not it, you know, the yeah. way Randy is. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that was it. I think my mindset going into cycling, I did, as I mentioned, many other sports, was this is this is for my life, for the rest of my life. And so yeah. I was going to grab and – like a sponge, take in whatever I can from any individual. So, um, so basically, you went off the raised by wolves mentality. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> this well, that's Just like it, I'm going to attach myself to the biggest assholes, <laughs> and when they accept yeah. me, I'm in. There, there was wow. another guy that I would yeah. have never attached, and I yeah. I rode with him a couple of times, and you know really? him, and you don't like him either. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. RP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's a guy, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's not one. Really. Okay, okay, Jackson. Anybody that kind of you were just like, okay, ah, you know that I I I I can get in. I'm I'm good to go. You know, mm-hmm. th- this is a person who's kind of showing me the ropes. You know, be it in a, even in an individual race. Um, what's kind of funny is um I got into it in a really kind of backwards way almost. Yeah. Um, because with probably the thing that was the most freeing for me to get into cycling was quitting soccer entirely. Wow. Um, just because like while cycling is, is a team sport, it's much, it's much more individual than cycling is. Um, no cycling is much more individual than soccer is. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that was something that I really needed, especially coming from like such a pressurized sport that's like, if you don't kick the ball correctly, you're never going to college type of situation. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, you, Dad, were the, 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 probably the most influential person when it came to, and I'm not just trying to get overly cheesy here when yeah, it comes to, I know. my strings. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's true. You, you never really like pushed me into the sport. You just more encouraged it, okay. which I think was something that I really needed after coming from a sport that was so, like I said, pressurized to a point where if, if, if you don't want things, if you don't do one thing correctly, you're the worst player ever. And I and I think that was due to a lot of the coaches that I was with. And coming from that, I think, was the reason why I like cycling so much. Just because it was, for me, a freeing feeling to not have all that pressure on it. Yeah. And, and you never put that on me. So. I got to honestly say that uh, what helped me a lot, you know, I Randy was one of my teammates back in the day, mm-hmm. and, and Randy was always a dick uh-huh. to me, you know. <laughs> and I asked because he I didn't. To me, too. I was just kind of, <laughs> I was probably a goody two-shoes dipshit, you know, mm-hmm. to Randy back in those days. And you know, Randy was punk. Randy was listening to the Dead Kennedys, you know, and all those kind of bands, stuff like that. And I was just, you know. You got any Phil Collins or something like that? You know? <laughs> so I was, you know, that was that was the difference between us. And uh, but Jack, uh, I can't believe I'm going to mention Jack, but Jack and I were just became best friends, and it, it became a, you know, it became a, a riding partnership. We'd meet together every day and ride, mm-hmm. and and I had a, we had a coach, Doug Stewart, at those times, who also helped tremendously. You know, just in terms of he he wouldn't ridicule, but it was it was a you know hey don't do that anymore you know that do this differently do that differently and we just kind of was mellow in his in his delivery about it and and he you know he took the time to kind of say you know I, I actually the first time i first words he ever said to me we were out at the state line and we'd go out there and do sprints you know and stuff like that and so uh big huge group sprinting towards us i'm standing there because i was in a different group with him you know i'm standing there and we're watching this group sprint towards us and i tried to put my foot in the pedal and i fell over in the middle of the road and the sprint group is sprinting right towards us you know full speed and the first thing he ever doug stewart ever said to me is he looked down he said better get up buck <laughs> <laughs> he didn't help me he's just like you're fucked if yeah. you don't get up, dude. And I was, I got up, and you know, and it's just like that was his delivery. It wasn't judgmental. It wasn't mm-hmm. harsh. It wasn't, uh, you know, fucking idiot. Get out of here. You know, things like that. So, so he was your inspiration. I yeah yeah. I and think then so. Jack was yeah. more of a yeah. You know, Jack was more of a, com- a comrade. Comrade. You know. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I and I had a comrade that we trained. We had on different teams, but that was Scott Bork. Yeah. I mean, we trained a lot together i mean year after year so yeah um but you know that that helps to have somebody at like mine when you're training also yeah um there's another guy I trained with not as much as scott but mike Meyerly, but he was yeah. had a tendency to um sometimes create division yeah a little bit but mike and know. i had many headbutts yeah. in the yeah. middle of crits and he sometimes. and bork did too yeah. and, you know even in training rides. Screaming right, so. profanities in downtown crits. Yeah. I think, <laughs> and I'm not blaming Mike. I think yeah. I was the one who probably yeah. was dropping F-bombs downtown. Called crits. him a dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys find yourselves, um, and I, I'm going to be the first person to admit guilt to this, do you guys find yourself judging other people at races and, and being a little bit more judgmental than you should be or at group rides or things like that? I know for a fact uh, about several weeks ago I mentioned that 
one of our rides <laughs> and that we went on and I was sketchy about a lot of the people on that ride and I still haven't I still don't know those people you know but I just I judge them immediately do we all do that I think being a cyclist and being judgmental might depending <laughs> on the person come hand in hand because <laughs> I I mean I cannot name a single per an, a, a single cyclist please prove me wrong I would love this yeah but I would I cannot name a single cyclist that doesn't show up to a, a race a spirited ride or an event and see deep carbon wheels and go oh shit they're fast yeah because I, when I see somebody, for instance, when we showed up to the first TNT ride, I saw somebody with a Canyon arrowed, probably like 60 to 70 millimeter deep wheels. And I was like, watch out for that guy. Yeah. Just because that is how Would be, I He's am. a really successful accountant and has nothing to spend his money on because he can't get a girlfriend. But that's the thing, though. And it's <laughs> it's also like... Did I just judge? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like at the time with somebody looking at me and going, he has an aluminum bike with super like... Box styled rims. Yeah. yeah. Because I know I would probably look at somebody and go, don't worry about that guy. Yeah. And that inherently is probably a judgmental thing and so to answer the question in a long form yes i am judgmental in those type of situations okay i would say certainly i was (laughs) up to eight years ago and then as i turned 50 and uh you lose your edge a little bit you uh, haven't lost shit (laughs) big time and it's just not you know i i it's interesting to for me like when the tnt comes and there's some people i didn't know i'm starting to get to know but try and judge their character maybe by their bike by the riding style yeah um how they converse and even when we roll out you can see how people if because it can get tied in there some mm-hmm. you know some of the more experienced guys are waging in between people and you see them like oh yeah you yeah. know mm-hmm. so i you know i just make mental note but it's not it's not a really concern for me anymore um and i just you know but certainly i i promise you up until like my early 50s i I did all that and just like start looking at people's bikes, how clean they are, how dirty they are. And, you know, that type Mm -hmm. of thing you see if, oh, he doesn't take good care of his bike. Uh, There's a, there's that fine line of somebody doesn't take care of their bike. They're not really serious about it, in my opinion. Then the one that's slightly dirty, who hasn't had time to clean his bike because he's riding all the time is very concerning. Or the guy that has the deep dish wheel, the top of the line stuff and is sparkling clean. You don't have to worry about him. So yeah, yeah, that's so I mean, you're that's my judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I judged back then. Now it's just yeah. like you never know because I've seen people with with those sparkly bikes kick me in the ass, and it's like, wow. Yeah, I was wrong about that. So. Yeah, I still do it to this day. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily. Um, I, I I try not to let it get in the way, but I'm I'm not gonna lie when i start out on a in a race or something like that especially i have a hard time with the people who are really overly you know chatty those are the slow ones really i've always found those are the slow ones right that's me there was a guy no but i don't mean chatty like funny i mean chatty just like telling you all these important telling you all the you know this important shit like there was a guy in belgium waffle who's talking about the important you know i'm gonna ride this specific watch and and i just i wanted to slap him right at the start of the race and i looked at you jackson at some point in the race and i said all i care about is beating that guy because i just don't like him 
and and you know what I mean. Maybe that's what keeps me going. It could. Maybe that's, that's the important that's part fine. of the race. You know, maybe being a, a guy who thinks everybody else is a dick is the is is what keeps me going. Maybe I'm the dick. I probably well, am. I don't think there's anything wrong with it except you got a mic in your face. So now yeah. you really <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's saying yeah. to everybody. Yeah. By the way, if I line up next to you and I don't say anything, either I'm shy or I think you're a dick. Well, that's that's nice. Yeah. 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 Well. Uh, that's not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> camera's not on me, so yeah, I can yeah. shift my glance back and forth. Uh, speaking of riding socially, you guys, um, I, I know I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it one more time before the close of the show. The Packfiller Classic starts this Wednesday. Um, you do not have to ride with me. You do not have to ride with us. You can do this all on your own, just like we did last year. All you got to do is find a course that matches the criteria of the courses we are prescribing. The courses themselves are not as drastic as they were last year. First one's the uh, same as uh, Prologue as as, as last year second stage is a flying kilometer which is basically you just go out there and find a, a fast flat not downhill kilometer and you can go as fast as you want rolling into it and you see how fast you can do a one kilometer you can do that with your friends if you want to um, third stage is a 27 mile road race why 27 because we here in spokane are going to meet and we're going to do one lap of the liberty school road race which we are going to be have have done the week before so we'll not be sick of it Mm-mm. by then. Yeah. And then the final stage is um, more of, uh, I had a couple people asking me about the details of the climbing of the final time trial and the uh, what do I have to get the, the hills right and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. The final stage of the uh, Packfiller Classic this year is simply more of a promenade and a reason to watch Paul Main ride an uh, old, old, old time trial bike. Um, I won't make you wear the kid of shame. By the way, you can you can TT out right. for it if you I want. I will. But um, I'll go totally geek out. Yeah, arrow helmet. <laughs> yeah. And I don't go. know about you guys, but I'm going to make sure I go early so I can ride back and and be at specific areas in yeah. the course. I want to be there, and I think I think everybody should show up, and we can all just yell shit at you <laughs> while you're going on the course. Throw shade. Yeah, I said That's I said idea. I said no uh, personal. Uh, you know, you don't throw anything physical at paul but you can throw shade and no no family insults everything's got to be pretty much you know just about your inability to pick bike racers for the tour de france oh they can use anything oh, they can okay. pick on my family because i know my family oh and <laughs> your family i would not pick on your wife because that, they she would find them yeah. and do some sort of a tracheotomy that you would never wake up from my family has some brothers and sisters and oh yeah. okay oh, okay, yeah. okay. I, yeah, I was talking more immediate no you family. don't want to touch the german side no <laughs> <laughs> You know how that turned out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and as I stated earlier, I know Paul, you've got some some obligations over the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks, and and people don't have to do every stage. You can just do one. You can do all. You can do two. Uh, you know, and, uh, stuff like that. And and you can do them with us, or you can do them all on your own. Things like that. Pick your course. Have a lot of fun. Send us your Strava segments via email, and um, uh, the one and only Bookie T is going to help me out. He's going to help nice. everything get organized, so we can keep r- track of who's done what. Um, I, I'm out of beer, but a person that we usually mention his name and we have to drink after it. A little um, spit here. A little spit. Roger <laughs> has said he's going to do it again. Um, last year he did all the stages in one day. Um, God knows him. He'll uh, he'll do it, but we're not going down Mount Spokane. No, we're not allowed to. No, no. Sharp corners. I'm never riding yep. anywhere near Mount Spokane with that guy again. Because <laughs> the first time I did, he got hit by a car. 
oh and the most recent time I did, he tore himself open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly <sighs> like that. The uh, big thing is, once again, about that social element. Get out there, ride your bike, meet some people. If you see somebody struggling, don't be pat. Call him, call him, call him a nice name and, and help him out. Help him be a better person. Don't be me. Don't be me. Do whatever you do. Don't be me. I think that's a lesson for life, right? Um, next time, next show we have Jackson Bulger is going to be a Spokane resident. Everybody, Yay. it's about damn time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the most swearing he's done on yeah, this show. I know. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, dude, am I forgetting anything? I always say, think there's something I need to say at the end. Like and subscribe is one. Tell your friends. We're live on Podbean every Monday. For now, we might be switching to Tuesdays again. So uh, hopefully, you guys are okay with that because you know. Farmers yep. markets and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Tuesdays are ready <laughs> to go. So yeah. All right. Thanks everybody. Catch you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 